Okay, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of the One Shot Movement podcast, where we dive deep into the stories of entrepreneurs, business people that are out there making it happen. And today I am super excited about interviewing April Whiston. April's background is she was a nurse who then moved into the family business, which is the caravan part business, which is built into an amazing business, into coaching, got another online business. She's been mentored and worked with the likes of Gary V in his mastermind. She's an amazing entrepreneur that's out there making it happen. And we're going to talk a little bit today about her superpower, which is working in her agency with SMEs, small to medium enterprises. So sit back, enjoy this week's episode with April Wishton. Okay, everybody, welcome to another episode of the One Shop Movement podcast where we dive deep into the stories of entrepreneurs that are out there making it happen. And I'm super excited today to be with April Whiston, who is an amazing entrepreneur based in Victoria, Australia. Very, very, very interesting background and past and evolution as an entrepreneur. She started as a nurse, got involved in business by chance, involved in the caravan park industry now in the coaching space and has her own agency and and just always doing entrepreneurial activities. She's really a huge ambassador for personal growth and has worked in masterminds of the likes of Gary V. So we're going to talk a lot about uh, SME uh, business advisory and really touch on some of her key core superpowers. So welcome April to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, That's a bit of an introduction. (laughs) (laughs) No, I always like to just um, start off just, I guess, providing a bit of a macro overview to your story. But we have had a conversation prior to this. And, you know, I want you to fill that story out a bit because it is a bit of a journey um, from working as a nurse to being, you know, a a coach in business and helping SMEs be successful. So do you want to just share a bit about that journey? Yeah, well, um, so I started working really as soon as I could work. I think, you know, the old mythical number of 14 and nine months. Um, worked for um, Harvey Norman when they first entered the market for six or seven years. Um, obviously, I was, heavily, oh, I was heavily involved in basketball, so I was basketball umpiring and coaching. And, and then I migrated, as you mentioned, um, into nursing because I had the guilt of going to uni, even though I had a really quite a good job with Harvey Norman um, I wanted to go into nursing and went into nursing. Um, I'm still a registered nurse um, and have been a registered nurse for 14 years, but I would say I haven't practiced routinely um, for probably around six years now. So I've sort of just done enough to keep my registration and those sorts of things. Um, I fell into being general manager of my um, husband's family holiday park when I was about 25. Um, and if anybody who's listening has ever worked in a caravan park, um, it really is like running five businesses in one. Um, so that was a pretty steep learning curve about business. I then branched off and created um, my first um, company from that, which was actually a spray tanning and waxing business that I operated like a day spa in our, um, in our caravan park. And I, I did that for a couple of years. And 
then evolved into another venture, um, which I still run called Cabin Connect. Uh, so Cabin Connect is an online marketplace for uh, cabins, tiny houses and lifestyle um, homes around Australia. And uh, we still run that, that's growing every day, um, more and more listings coming through, constant tweaks to that website. Um, and our plan is to take that internationally into the US and into the UK in the next 24 months. And then from there, I decided that I needed to be a um, better business owner. So I had about 20 staff and I wanted to be a better leader. So I started studying the coaching style of leadership and realized that um, this is actually a thing. It's actually a job and you can do this as a job every day by helping other people. Um, and I have a passion obviously for small business. And so now I have my own agency um, and we work with only people in small business um, from all different walks of life. So um, even just today, I've had three clients in, one from fashion retail, one from um, a winery and a vineyard, and the other from um, NDIS education. So it's very different, all the clients we work with. Yeah, I think we we'll want to start with a the conversation there. What do you define as a small business? Is it by size of staff or is it size of turnover? Is it uh, length of time in business? How would you define a small business? Yeah, so I actually define a small business, which a small business to me is anybody who is operating in a business like fashion. Um, and I would say for me, they would be probably turning over under $10 million a year. Um, so I would say if you're turning over under $10 million a year and you're operating in any way, shape or form as a business, then you're a business. So whether or not you're a photographer who's just doing, you know, cash jobs and doing some family portraits and stuff, you're still operating like a business, you know, or whether you're just doing some social media copywriting for somebody and you're getting paid, you're operating like a business. So, um, we, yeah, that's, that's my definition. Yeah, because it's really interesting. So I think there's a lot of uh, different skills that you acquire and build upon from different phases of the business. So like from zero to $100,000 a year income, you're really quite often a technician. You know, you become, I always say, the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker. But, you know, up to a nearly an eight-figure business, you know, or if you want to go from six to seven figures in business, you're often got to... Um, uh, employ staff and become a leader and, and the difference between a technician and a leader in a business you know can be quite a challenge for people is that the type of thing you're trying to help people evolve um, yeah d describe a little bit about some of the work that you would do with a small business yeah well, look it's very varied um, so people come to me I, I have clients who are turning over up to around 10 million dollars a year and then I have clients who are just entrepreneurs starting out so at the end of the day, it depends on what it is that they're wanting to achieve on what it is we're going to focus on. So I have a client at the moment who's got this super cool idea. Um, you know, she currently just makes jewellery and goes to markets, but she's got this awesome idea for this online business, which I can't tell too much. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so I will help her do that. She's not turning over a huge amount of money. Yet then I've got other clients who are turning over, you know, half a million dollars a month, um, maybe more. And we've got to look how we get to the next level. I think at any point in time, you can be the technician and all these things. But one thing that is super important in business is that you have a good understanding of human behavior and how you're going to get other people 
to help you achieve your dream because there's nobody in business who has been successful on their own. It is all about doing stuff with other people. And I, I have a saying which I use in my agency is business is just people doing really cool shit. And, you know, if we're trying to grow, whether we're trying to grow from startup to 100K or 100K to a million or a million to 10 million, you know, at the, wherever you're at, you're going to need to find the right people to have on your side. And that is the biggest factor which will define whether a business is successful or not. Because if you um, aren't good with people, one, you're not going to have clients or customers. Two, you're not going to retain staff and no one's going to want to use your product or service. So it's really all about people. Yeah, and while we're talking about people, like there's, I guess there's so many ways to find the right people and, and recruiting the right people. And I must admit, owning five fitness clubs, my biggest success was built on the people that I employed but my biggest challenge I ever had owning five fitness clubs was when um, someone that had worked for me for eight years was like operating as a, a second in charge um, made a career decision for herself to move on I'd planned to go overseas on my first overseas holiday and I made a rash decision to employ the best person that had the best resume at the time and um, that was that was easily the costliest mistake I ever made in business um, so people are a, a critical to the rise and fall of the business. Are you somebody that is a big believer in outsourcing um, as opposed to employing? Uh, and the other question, I guess, around people, what's your thoughts on um, getting in a, you know, a, a virtual assistant and, and people, you know, like, uh, I guess they call them VAs, but you know that's uh, is that something that you would encourage people to do in in their growth in their business? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I wouldn't say I'm like I'm a huge advocate, but I getting contractors into your organisation, um, regardless of how big or how small, is a safe, conservative process before you dive in and get an employee full time. So. I would say for anybody who is wanting to add people to their organisation, firstly, you must have a company hierarchy or a company structure whereby you're actually employing people into that role because the business needs that role. Because if we don't have that clearly defined, then we just employ people because we like them or we think that they'll be good for the business or that they've got a really good skill set that we can't go without. So I firstly spend a lot of time with my clients mapping out what their hierarchy looks like and making sure that anybody who's got any direct reports don't have any more than seven to 10 direct reports. Because if you've got any more than seven, direct, seven to 10 direct reports, which are people reporting to you, like maybe you're a manager or a director or whatever it is, you, you can't do your job because you're so busy managing people that you're actually not being efficient in your role. So the first thing we do is we, hire, we, we map out the hierarchy and then we look to employ people that are not necessarily skilled for the job, but first and foremost, a match with the values and the culture of the organisation. I'm a big believer that you can teach people to do anything if they have the right attitude and the right values to match the rest of the organisation. So that's sort of what I do. And whether you're going to bring in a, a contractor or an employee, they still need to match the culture of the organization and match the values. And I couldn't really care less if I, one of my companies that I work with, um, they actually have one of their senior managers 
is a contractor. It doesn't really matter as long as they're working in tune with the organisation for the greater good. That's all that really matters. Mm. And in regards to, say, a virtual assistant or something like that, is that something that you would implement or do you, would you, are you someone that encourages more of a, you know, get local people that you can physically and um, have, you know, that, that you see on a day-to-day basis, that's more important with the people that you work with? I think um, virtual assistants definitely have their place. I mean, I don't outsource overseas. Um, one of my values is to keep you know, as much money in our Australian economy as we possibly can. So that's just one of my personal values. Um, I have got VAs who are clients um, of mine in my agency and I help them build their own business. So I can um, outsource any work that I need to to them. So I can um, outsource to them. Um, But it's funny because um, when we're talking about working in our own organisation, my employees in my agency, they don't actually have set hours. So sometimes they work virtually anyway, but they live in the same town because they just don't come into the office. They're just working from home. So I think with all this COVID stuff that's been happening, um, it's really made working remotely very normal. So if you were going to get a virtual assistant or whatever, whether they can come into the office or not, doesn't really matter. They still need to be a cultural fit and a values fit for your organisation. Mm, and when we were talking prior to this call, you said you were really passionate about SMEs and making sure that they're positive cash flow, like they're profitable business. Um, just want to elaborate on, on that for me. And, you know, it's obviously pretty clear, every business and every client, you want to be profitable. But, you know, is there something in your vision and mission values that, um, to attract businesses like that? Or is there a, a strategy that you implement that really lays out a good framework for small businesses? Yeah, well, I think the, the, the key is, is that um, being profitable is very different to meeting the cash flow demands of the business. So depending on where the life cycle of the business is at, is the business doesn't need to make a profit if they're in a growth stage. However, they need to meet their payroll. And that's the most important thing, is if you can meet payroll and pay your expenses and you make zero profit, it doesn't really matter as long as you're paying yourself a wage. You know, it's depending on where you're up to. However, if you're looking to build something to sell, if you're looking to Um, build something so that you can get some um, value in your business so that maybe you need lending. This is where you need to make it profitable. But if you're not looking for these things, as long as you are happy and as long as you are paying your staff and you're not putting yourself in financial insecurity, then the profit doesn't really matter unless you're gunning for a big profit for whatever reason you're gunning for. And so I think with that, what I do is I firstly need to get very clear on my client's vision and mission. So if they're building something to build and sell, profit's hugely important because when we get to a business value, multiplying it by two to three times or whatever the industry standard is for that, which will give them the sell value of that business. Um, But if they're you know, like me, building an agency, well, my agency might not be really sellable. I don't know. Like, I'll just wrap it up at the end of the day. So what's the point in making a huge profit? I might just pay myself more or employ more people. So we need to get very clear on that. But when I'm helping people with cash flow, because a lot of people do come to me because they've got cash flow problems, 
Um, the first thing that we do is we look at their revenue, we look at their expenses, and I do an expense call. And sometimes that is getting rid of staff because sometimes people have more people than the business can justify. Um, so that's the, one of the very first things that we do is, um, is look at those expenses um, because the fastest way to make money is to decrease your expenses. Hmm. Yeah, and I guess um, in your business agency, is sales and marketing guidance and advice um, a part of what you do or is it more business coaching and, you know, making sure they're profitable or is sales marketing? Because that's, that's a very uh, big skill to develop in its own right. Is that something you work on as well with the business? Yeah, uh, there's pretty much nothing that I don't work on with my clients. So I'm a big believer that if you're going to see a business coach, they should be able to deliver on all aspects of business. Um, so I never send my clients away going, oh, you need to go and see so-and-so for sales training. Oh, you need to go and do your marketing. Um, I will grow my agency and bring those people in so that my agency can deliver and meet the needs of, of my client. Um, I'd like to think I've got fairly good experience around sales and marketing. Obviously, I've done a lot of sales and marketing for my holiday park, um, for all my agencies. And, you know, we, we've grown our agency to be a, over a six-figure agency within 12 months. So we're, we're pretty good at marketing and sales. Uh, and so if we can replicate what we do with other people, then that, that's really, really good. Mm. So I'm going to just change gears a little bit now. Um, you have uh, recently, in the last year or two years, headed out to the US and went to Grant Cardone's Growth Con. You've also been a part of Gary V. Uh, for those that don't know Gary V, he's probably the most seen entrepreneur on the internet um, across all platforms. If you're an entrepreneur, you'll definitely see him if you keep your eyes out. Um, what was your reason for doing that? Is it you have a real high value in your own personal development and growth? Is there something you wanted to learn specifically? Was it because often around events and conventions and masterminds like that, you surround yourself with more high-level, like-minded people? Um, do you want to talk a bit about that experience? Yeah, well, I think the reason for going was probably, a, you know, all of those things that you said. Um, the reason why I invested the money to join the mastermind with Gary was that um, I obviously have been studying for quite some time. I'm very experienced and um, have a very good network within the caravan park industry around Australia. And I was really looking for a mentor who could help me get to where I want to go. And for me to get there, there was really no one in Australia that I could really look up to and have access to for that sort of training. And it just happened to be that this opportunity came along. Um, Michael Lane, who, who runs Success Resources, his team um, rang us direct and they said, do you want to be on it? There must have been some information that they had on us. I don't know how they got, got our information that we could have afforded to go. Um, anyway, the universe provided, we joined Gary's Mastermind, we did the Mastermind in Sydney and um, New York, and there was only 25 people in that Mastermind. And these are big achievers in Australia, reputable people doing really huge things. So to be in the same room as these people and create those friendships and build my network, like it was the best investment I've seriously ever, ever made. 
um, and also to be with Gary for six days is awesome. Um, and pick his brain and, you know, build that friendship, not only with him, but also his team um, has been amazing. And when you can just, you know, drop some emails to, to people uh, and they get back to you in the same day, it's, it's always helpful. Uh, Grant Cardone was a little bit different. Um, it wasn't my real choice to go to that. Um, my husband's quite involved and interested in property investing and finance. So he said, do you want to go to Vegas? And I said, yes. <laughs> um, and so we went to the 10X Growth Con. Um, in saying that, it was amazing. The speakers were awesome. We met some awesome, lovely people. And um, yeah, it, it was something I would advocate to any entrepreneur if they wanting to, you know, sort of spread their wings a little bit and see what the states have to offer, it's a really great conference to go to. Yeah, I, I can relate to a lot of what you're saying there. I've, I've, I've sort of calculated over 20 years I would have invested nearly half a million dollars into my personal growth. For the last three years, I've been uh, one of Jack DeLosa from the Entourage's, you know, high-level clients and in his mastermind group as well. And I've, I've got massive value out of that. High, super expensive to be a part of it, but, the, you know, the people that you hang around do sort of lift you up uh, to another level as well. And just bouncing ideas off people in the group has been great. So, Last question before we move into rapid fire question. You started as a nurse. You then got thrown into the deep end to the caravan park. You're now running an agency. You've been on a journey. Um, do you see, and a lot of people that I want to really understand that success is a journey. Like I've been on a journey. It takes time. It wasn't just something that just happened randomly overnight. Do you want to explain from your experiences some of the challenges and some of the the wins and then the the rise and falls? You know, just to put some perspective around what it really takes to have that sort of success that you're having now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, obviously, I haven't mentioned this, but I'm a mum. I have three children, um, and um, my oldest is nine and so obviously having children um, I had to personally work through a lot of issues there in terms of my own mum guilt and stuff like that that can be very choking um, for women when they're wanting to have all these aspirations and be you know a, a great businesswoman but you also want to be a great mum and so um, I had to work through that um, myself I, I'm fortunate that I've created a ecosystem where my kids are always at work and my clients don't care if they're around um, so that's good um, so that was probably one of the hardest things to navigate was like becoming a mum being a mum managing you know school pickups and things like that probably another hard thing that I've had to navigate um, I've gone into my husband's family business and going into any family business is difficult especially when you're the outsider um, and when you're the only female in a group of three other male directors, it's challenging. Um, so I would say as a woman, I would I have really stepped into what I would call my D energy for those people who know this profiling. I'm naturally a D energy. Um, but I really have um, created boundaries, standards and expectations of myself and of other people. Um, and I wouldn't go as far to say that I'm a feminist, but I definitely stand up for what I believe in. And I, I always say, I rumble with the big guys and I'm not, I'm not scared to speak my mind and I'm not scared to tell them how I want it. Uh, and so that is 
just a muscle that you have to build over time. You know, it's more difficult conversations. It's standing up for yourself. It's not being put down because you're a woman. Um, so I'd say they're probably the things that have been the most challenging um, for me um, as a female businesswoman in predominantly male-dominated industries. Yeah, look, that's certainly um, a challenge and... Um, so especially, you know, to, you know, being a balancing, being a mum with three children and trying to have a progressively, you know, growth business is, is certainly a juggling act, that's for sure. So at the end of every episode, I always ask a series of questions that, you know, really can help the audience uh, with resources that you may have experienced. So do you have a book that you've read that um, you think that there was just so many light bulb moments that people could get good value out of? Yeah, Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Uh, every single person in any form of leadership should read that book. Cool. And what about podcasts or anything like that? Do you listen to audio books, um, YouTube shows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I listen to podcasts. So, um, Gary B. Uh, Gary has a great podcast. It's full of value. Um, yeah, that would be who I recommend any entrepreneur listen to is to Gary. Um, what was the other one? Any others? Uh, if, if there's a resource. So for me, I, I do. I, I watch a lot of stuff on YouTube. So yeah. Um, so yeah, it could be a podcast. It could be a YouTube show. I do a lot of audio books. Um, so I actually run a book club and um, every month we we do a new book, which we choose from our agency and we send out to our clients and then we do a Zoom call. So we do a lot of book club and with that, I use a lot of Audible. Um, so I definitely listen to a lot of audio books as well. And what about the best bit of advice you've ever received? Be you and do what you want to do. Receive and... from my uncle. Right. <laughs> and where do we find more about you? So you can, uh, websites, is it uh, social media? Yeah, so um, ultimately the easiest way to track me down is through our agency, which is called Boss Lady Brain um, or Boss Brain. We have, have the two brandings. Um, obviously we are in Cabin Connect, so you can check out any cabins for sale at cabinconnect.com.au or you can holiday at my holiday park at marool.com. <laughs> yeah, sounds like yeah, three great places to go and check out. And it's uh, from me, I want to uh, give a big thank you to April for jumping on. We just got introduced by a mutual friend. Uh, that friend uh, actually is a big fan of my podcast. And she said, oh, you've got to interview April. So I got onto the phone. We had a chat. I thought she was a great fit because, you know, we are about helping people live life with passion and purpose, providing education and inspiration. And when you're talking about business advice for small SMEs, um, you know, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show. So uh, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Wow, what a powerful conversation there with April. We really spent a lot of time talking about some key elements about helping SMEs build their businesses. So these are typically her clients that are going from startup phase even up to close to that eight-figure range. So we talked about some key elements, staffing elements, making businesses profitable, why they should be profitable, um, and, and yeah, everything, all things SMEs. So I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you you did please share it on your social media uh, share it with a friend give us feedback reviews it's really important so we can get great guests 
on the show. If you haven't purchased my book, You've Got One Shot, make sure you go across to craigschultz.com. At the end of every episode, as I always say, live life with passion and purpose. You've got one shot at life. Go out there and give it your best shot. My name's Craig Schultz. I'm the host of the One Shot Movement podcast.